Welcome to Reading the Bible Together podcast. I'm your host, Angela Smith. God is faithful and, and he, his hand is extended and he is there to all who turn towards him. Um, he won't reject us. He won't shame us. There is no condemnation for, for those who are in Christ Jesus. This week, we're talking about the spiritual discipline of repentance. And when I think about repentance, I think about kind of what goes with it. What are our, what are our emotions that go with it? Sometimes we feel condemnation instead of conviction. Sometimes we feel shame instead of guilt. And when I was thinking about who is someone that would be able to kind of handle that conversation and be able to speak to those, I, I thought immediately of Joe Biancardi. He is the Director of Counseling Services here at the University of Northwestern St. Paul. He's a licensed psychologist and recently also gave a message on shame and guilt which I'm so grateful for. Welcome, Joe. I'm so glad you're here. Thanks, Angela. Happy to be with you. So is it weird to say that I'm excited for this conversation? <laughs> no, I think yeah. it's it's good, right? Yeah. It's something that we all as humans can identify with and mm-hmm. what do we do with it? Right. So the study that we're doing is on Lent. That's mm-hmm. when we're studying all these different spiritual disciplines. Do you have any history with Lent? You know, Is it something that you observed growing up or do now as an adult? Um, I didn't really grow up with the tradition of that. Uh, grew up in the E-Free Church uh, primarily, but certainly I have really liked the disciplines that come through reading Lenten devotionals and different things that really prepare my heart for worship at, at Easter. Mm-hmm. Really, actually, I'd say before that, just preparing for Good Friday right. and and the 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 passion of our Lord that really sets us up for the glory of resurrection. I don't think we fully appreciate kind of what Easter is Mm -hmm. until we really know what it costs the Lord to purchase our freedom. Yeah. What we've talked about here a lot is that we like to jump from Palm Sunday to Easter Sunday Mm. without lingering in Good Friday. Right. And Easter has so much more meaning when you lean into and suffer with Christ and his suffering. Yes. Having a godly sorrow, Mm -hmm. right? And grief. Yep. Thank you for sharing that. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so we're talking about repentance, and I, just out of curiosity, I looked it up and I thought, well, what does you know? How does Webster define it? And it re- de- defines it as the action of repenting, sincere regret or remorse, and then to repent is to feel or express sincere regret, remorse about one's wrongdoing or sin. And it feels like this feels true to me that. You know, in today, we don't want to even talk about sin. So then talking about repentance, it feels like it's a conversation that kind of gets lost because we're not we don't want to talk about sin because that's uncomfortable. And so if we're not talking about the reason to repent, then we're not really having a conversation about repentance or, you know, it's gotten muddled or it's been wielded. Yes. In the past. And so then we get condemnation and shame instead of conviction and guilt. So would you talk a little bit about about all, you know, all of those and how we can kind of get our get it right in our head? Yeah, I think sometimes we just as you introduced with Easter, right, we want to skip over those feelings that really are uncomfortable and difficult to sit in. And so. Consequently, often when we talk about the Lord, we want to talk about the love of God, and it's good that we do that. And at the same time, we have to kind of hold intention that it is the fear of God that is the beginning of knowledge. It's the fear of God that's the beginning of wisdom. And so sometimes we even soften that and say, well, it just means to respect and honor the Lord. Um, But 
the Lord is awesome, which means mighty and terrible. And, and the, the fact that the gospel is good news is because God is going to judge wrathfully all wickedness and ungodliness. And so we have an incomplete story if we don't tell the whole thing, which then leads us, I think, into this concept of repentance and how that really, what I like about this kind of conversation is it's a discipline. It's, it's, it's a way that we live our lives. Um, can I, can yeah, I, that's a good point. That's yeah. not, it's not a one one and done. Right. It's an ongoing practice. It's an ongoing discipline that we need to practice. Yes. Yeah. Were you going to share something? Oh, yeah. I was just going to ask if I could share a story. Yes. From, yes. Yeah. Yes. I thought that um, Jesus gives us a great picture of this uh, on the last Passover, mm-hmm. where you know after the meal he comes out, you know, dressed as a servant, and he's going to wash his disciples' feet. And Peter seems to really feel this kind of as a as a rebuke. You know, like ah, you're not washing my feet, Lord. And Jesus says to him, well, if you don't let me wash your feet, you don't have, you know, anything to do with me. And he's like, well, then not just my feet, but my head, my body also. And the Lord's kind of like, you don't need a bath, man. <laughs> um, and, and that to me is kind of this picture of what does it look like for us in the here and now, right? If, if we're in Christ, we are positionally forgiven. And yet if I'm in the world, right, I get dust on my feet and my feet need to be washed. That's my daily confession. And of course, the Lord says if, that if we confess our sin, he's faithful and just and will forgive us our sin and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And so in a way, Peter's position with the Lord is secure, but he needs his feet washed. Mm-hmm. And so that leads us into that necessary repentance uh, just every day. Yeah. And that repentance, as you were talking, I was thinking about how that it it's the action that that conviction and guilt is the kind of the feeling it's the internal yeah. process yeah. that leads us to the action of right. repentance. And so now I'm wondering if you've got condemnation and shame as the internal process, mm. then what is your, what is your action? I'm just really on the fly, <laughs> like thinking yeah. about this. I mean, is it then trying to, instead of maybe it's pride, you know, leading you to pride of, you know, I don't, I don't have anything like I'm not even worthy yeah. of it. Sorry, I'm just no, really like trying to figure good. out. Yeah, I could see us kind of getting in between like two polarities, right? Mm-hmm. There's something inside of our hearts as humans that wants to atone, that wants to to do it on our own, yeah. right? And that's yes. and that's really where that pride comes in, and it gets us stuck in that shame condemnation cycle because we're never enough. Right. Mm -hmm. And then on the other side, we might even get into a place where we can't ever rest. Perhaps, you know, it's this chronic, you know, I I feel bad and and I I can't, I can't seem to shake this. And so I just keep coming over and over and over again in this almost scrupulous way, trying to feel okay about, about myself. And yet, I, I never do, so maybe I want to hide, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, um, and just ignore it and pretend that that's not so bad. Right. And explain it away. Yeah. So in your work as a counselor, how have you seen shame and condemnation come up with, with people in the and how that affects the way that they're living their lives? You know, the message that you gave on shame, you know, what what did you learn in that process? You know, I think a lot is where do we focus our attention, right? And in some respect, you know, it's good for us to examine ourselves. 
and good to be inward focused uh, in so much as uh, the Holy Spirit brings things to our attention that we can deal with in right relationship with Jesus. At, at, the, at the same time, we could also get into a place where I think we get stuck in, the, in this cycle of shame and condemnation when we're too much navel gazing and mm. not enough on what is the finished work that Jesus has accomplished? What has he already done? I really love uh, Hebrews 12, 1 and 2. It talks about how in verse 2, how the Lord went to the cross despising the shame for us. And when we think about how God is uh, towards his people, right? It's his loving kindness, his gentleness that leads us to repentance. And so in a way, I'm, I'm invited to lay down my burden and to lay down my shame on Jesus. He, he took it. He despised the reproach of God on our behalf so that we never have to understand what it, the degree that of, of separation and pain that, that he experienced. And I think that that would, can be really difficult to allow yourself. I think that's a process is what I, I think that is being able to fully lay that down. Yeah. Being able to fully re- release that to Jesus because there's there's nothing that we can do to atone for that. Right. And he's already done the atoning work. Right. He's already done the work to to pay the cost of of us sinning. Yeah. This I am just realizing as we're talking <laughs> this is a really big subject mm-hmm. and it's really hard to talk about. It's hard to, and I, like I've been walking with the Lord for 30 years. So this is something I do a lot. <laughs> I have to repent a lot. I'm with you. Um, and I, I feel like the, the process can, can get muddled. The process can feel big. It's something that we can hang on to. You know, I, I think it was right before we were recording that you, you were talking about how someone would not be able to lay it to lay it down, wouldn't be able to lay it down that, and you were in the, the, how we can become so focused on ourselves, whether it's in shame and condemnation or conviction and guilt that we can get stuck in that cyclical me, 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 I can't lay this all in Jesus. I'm going to try to explain this away. I'm bad. I'm terrible. You know how, if someone is stuck in that kind of cyclical process or that mind recording looping, Mm -hmm. how would, how would you suggest that someone Change, flips the record. Yeah, yeah. Let's let's change that channel in our brain, right? Mm-hmm. And um, so I think it, it comes down to right thinking. And you know, the scripture says in, in Romans that um, we experience transformation by the renewal of our mind. Mm-hmm. And so we're not to be conformed to a pattern of the world, but we're to be transformed. And so if, if, that's, if that transformation happens through renewal, it, it implies or presupposes that there is a right way to think and there is a wrong way to think. And when I think about the character of God, it calms me down. Mm. If it's up to me, I'm going to screw it up 100% of the time. Mm-hmm. It's just simply an awareness that I can't do this on my own. And since the Lord has done it already, right, he has finished his work on the cross. He said it is finished. He's completed all that was necessary for us to come to him. And, and, and that was signaled in his resurrection, which is a glorious story. And, and I think, okay, well, 
if it's up to me, I'm going to screw this up or I'm going to get stuck in some sort of loop of trying to do better or trying to be good or trying Mm -hmm. to be perfect. When we really understand who God is and we understand how much we need him, I think we're we're stuck with this thing of, oh, no. Mm -hmm. Well, and I think it goes back to what you were saying about the the verses from Romans, Mm -hmm. renewing our minds. Well, what are we renewing our minds with? Are we renewing our minds with some kind of mantra from the day that will make us feel better? Or are we meditating on God's word and allowing that to bring transformation in our life? Because his word is alive and active. and, And when that's coming in, I mean, that's like... What I see when I am saying this, it's like a big, great big spotlight on our lives mm-hmm. and on our on our inner conversation with yeah. ourselves. What are what are the things in me? You know, Psalm one thirty nine. Yeah, search me, God, and know you know everything in me. You know, help me to see the things that I don't even know are yes. there, so that I can get those dark things out and bring them out into the light. And that can be a really painful process to. First of all, admit that there's so much darkness in yourself, right. especially if you've been walking with the Lord for a while. You, oh, What really gets me is like pride is one of the things that I deal with over and over in different ways, but like an onion. I'm like, really, Lord, like I've been here before. Is it really? It's pride again? Yeah. Like constantly like, right. but, you know, needing to repent right. again about the same thing it feels like and not necessarily because I'm feeling shame or I, you know, I'm, I'm feeling convicted and because I'm still fallen, right? having to, st- you know, the sometimes the loops, I mean, sometimes we can have this inner conversation that's looping. Sometimes we can feel like we're looping in life because yes. we're fallen and we just have to keep coming back and saying, I messed up again, mm-hmm. Lord, we forgive me again and help me. I can't, I can't do this. Right. I need you to even help me. Sometimes it's God, I don't even want to do that. I need you to help me want to want to do that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. I, I, I'm so, I'm so grateful you went to Psalm 139 because the thing that I think about there in, in this whole pattern that you just kind of spelled out for us is how is it that David prays a prayer like that? Mm-hmm. Right. Where's his confidence? You know, um, he's not hiding. He's he's asking the Lord, as you said, to, to like pierce his heart and to bring all these things into the light. Whereas I think when we think of our wrongdoing, we want people just overlook that, mm-hmm. you know, in fact, it's other people's problems. I know I think it was Albert Bandura and social psychology had this idea of the fundamental attribution error, which is when I see a problem, say, in your life, well, you know, Angela, you know, she's, she's got some pride. She's got to work on that with the Lord. And, but then when I see pride in my own life, well, you know, to err is human. Yeah. <laughs> right? To forgive is Different, divine. Uh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. We, we get that, we get that free pass, right? And it's like, that's, that's not what David is doing. He's really asking the Lord to, ch- to discipline him mm-hmm. and to examine him and root all that out. And I think he can ask that because he knows what God is like. And we said a few minutes ago about like the loving kindness of the Lord brings us to repentance. And I think this really is important in terms of understanding the relationship to condemnation mm-hmm. is when, when Moses went on the top of the mountain and received the law. He asked the Lord if he could see him. And and God said to him, you know, you can't see me and live, but I'll hide you here in the cleft of the rock and I will declare my name to you. 
and I will let you see the glory of, of my back, as it were. And interestingly, right, when, when he does this, the Lord declares his name, which is uh, in the Near Eastern way. This is a, a very powerful um, interaction between Moses and God that he's going to actually share his name with him. And he says, I'm the Lord, Lord, rich in mercy, Right. And like, that's the thing that God wants us to, to know is like, I am what he's calling himself. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I am the Lord, Lord, right. The, the, the one who has no beginning and no end as he, he repeats that, right. I am as it were, and I'm rich in mercy. Come to me. Right. And then we get to that beauty of Romans eight, one, there's no condemnation for those who in Christ Jesus. And so, if we agree with God, all of us are in and under condemnation until we are in Christ. Mm -hmm. And therefore we, we need him like we need air. Yeah. And it's free. And it's free. It's he's, he's paid it. He's paid it. And so it's free to us. Right. All we have to do is accept it. Yep. There's nothing I can do to earn it. Nope. God did it for us. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. As you were talking, the importance of understanding, you know, that Moses... David, that David knew who God was. He knew his character. Right. And actually this week through the study guide, we're going through Psalm 51, just walking right through it. And it's David after um, Bathsheba. Yeah. And that, oh, that just really speaks to me that knowing who God is and allowing that to influence the way that you are coming to him to be able to be vulnerable like David was vulnerable and allow that to inform and how, and then that asks, well, how do you then know who God is? Yeah. Well, that's letting his word, that's, that's letting what he has said about himself define who he is versus our experience. Yeah. Cause I think we can do that a lot, but to see him right, because I think part of the reason that Moses couldn't survive or why we can't survive being fully present with him is because of our, fallenness and our sinfulness, right. but he, in his loving kindness, he made a way for us to be able to be in his presence. Right. He's amazing. Amen. He's amazing. If someone doesn't know Christ mm -hmm. and, and they wanted to start a relationship with them, what would you say to them? I would say that agree with God, mm. right? It just begins with agreeing with God. It's like, you know what? I, I've committed wrongdoing and I need forgiveness and I don't know what to do with this. I, I, can, I can try to live a good life, but is it ever enough when I keep struggling over and over? I, I mean, I love that you brought up pride, right? Because it, it undergirds like everything that we deal yeah, with. Everything I Every, deal with and do. Me too. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's the most, you might say that's mankind's, uh, humankind's original sin. Mm -hmm. So we agree with God that, that we have... We have offended him, right? That he is a holy God and, and, uh, and that we need him. And then we just simply say, you know, Lord, I want to be yours. I want to follow after you. And that really begins, I think, a whole journey for us in, in living in forgiveness and freedom. Mm -hmm. um, because if we get into all the theology, right, we talk, we could get into the idea of being dead in our trespasses, but being alive in Christ. And it's like, well, you know, I, I, I'm born a sinner, so I, I sin or I, I do wrong, wrong things. And like we said, it's easy to try to excuse it, say, well, it's not that bad. But 
our standard isn't you and I. It's our standard is God who's, there's no shadow of turning in him. There's, right. He's perfect. So and we, his hand is extended. And his hand is extended. And, you know, I think about this even, yeah, so we just have to respond to his invitation. And we, we see that in the garden, mm-hmm. in, in the story in Genesis 3, right? It says that God is, the Lord God is walking. This is after Adam and Eve ate the fruit. And God is like, Adam, where are you? As a young Christian, I thought about, oh, God is mad. He's angry. Mm. You know, where are you? It's like, it's not like that. God knows. He's God. He has no need. He knows everything. So when he asks Adam, where is he? He's inviting him to come to him. And then he's like, oh, well, I was naked and I hid. Well, who told you you were naked? As if he didn't know, mm-hmm. right? It's like, did you eat the fruit? Again, Bring it to me. Yeah. He's pursuing. He's pursuing Pursuing. Adam. Yeah. Confess it. Just say it. Unburden it. Mm -hmm. Right. And Adam, of course, because of his shame, he tries to blame his wife and turn blames the serpent. And, you know, but even in God's curse, as it were, right, he provides the way of redemption, you know, that the seed of a woman would crush the head of a serpent. And that's an interesting word, right? Mm Because there's no... That's man's part in the deal, I think, right? <laughs> and so it kind of prefigures immaculate conception and Jesus coming and solving Adam's problem and our problem. And But then God covers them, right? And that's a great, beautiful picture, cover, because that's the same meaning for this theological word atonement, or you could just break that down, at one mint, mm. shalom, mm. peace mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. with God. Wholeness. Wholeness, mm-hmm. right? It's like he covers them with animals. That's a merciful act. And of course, an animal died as a substitute in that way, right? So, so therefore, Jesus later is the Lamb of God who takes away our sin mm-hmm. and and that's because of God's mercy, that invitation to come. And so I love how you said that, Angelo, like God's, those of you can see us, her hand yeah. was outstretched. <laughs> I mean, it's like his hand is outstretched to us. Come, mm-hmm. come to me. And I think that's just it. We respond with that. We come, we acknowledge that, that we need him, that we've done wrong, that we have no hope without him. And that begins uh, a beautiful and truthfully hard, hard journey too, because right. now, now we're aware of who we are. Yep. And, and and I think what's important to say too is that that, that relationship that his continuing to pursue our his continuing to reach for us mm-hmm. is the same when we first come to know him. Yeah. And then throughout our life and our relationship with him, he's still reaching out to us. Yeah. He's still reaching out to us and that's why the repentance piece is so right. important because we need to keep repenting and and keep coming back to him right. and keeping and keep in relationship with him. Right. No matter what. Last week we talked about prayer, and I think that's how we keep our relationship with him is that conversation. And then this repentance piece needs to be part of that conversation that we're having with him, that we're surrendering and we're um, apologizing and we're turning 180 degrees and walking in the other direction of the the way that we were walking that was not with God. We got to turn and walk with God in the direction that he wants us to go. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. And we can do that by pursuing him through prayer, pursue him through the his word, word mm-hmm. pursue him by conversations yep. with other people who know and love him. Um, but thank you, Joe. Thank you for making the time to do this. This is I, Until we got into this conversation, I didn't realize how difficult it was. Oh, so it's fun. I, I, 
I, it is a hard and lofty topic. Mm-hmm. And there's so many facets to our own complexes and <laughs> different things that we have to deal with on an individual basis. And yet, as you s- said, you know, God is faithful and, and he, his hand is extended and he is there to all who turn towards him. Mm-hmm. Um, he won't reject us. He won't shame us. And there is no condemnation for, for those who are in Christ Jesus. So, Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you for joining us for this conversation about the spiritual discipline of repentance. If you'd like the study guide, you can head over to myfaithradio.com. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss any episodes. And we'll see you next time for our conversation about the spiritual discipline of compassion. The Reading the Bible Together podcast is a production of Faith Radio and Northwestern Media. Hosted by Angela Smith and produced by Aaron Trost. If you've enjoyed this podcast and want to hear more, consider financially supporting Faith Radio. Find more at myfaithradio.com.